Would you bet a few thousand dollars that you could sink an eight-foot putt? What about 10 grand that you could win a drag race against a Camaro with a thousand horsepower? If you bet $2 million, could you bet it all on one football game? Maybe you wish you could, but you probably wouldn't. Gamblers is about the people who did. From the Ringer Podcast Network, listen to Gamblers Season 2 on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Ringer Dish. I'm Amelia Wedemeyer, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Maitland Ward, who just released her memoir, Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. Maitland, thank you so much for coming on Ringer Dish. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh. So I have read most of your book. I just got it a couple days ago, but I could not put it down. It was so good. You're such a good writer and you're so funny and I just love it. I, I literally could not put it down. Why did you decide to write this memoir? Like why now? Well, honestly, I always like wanted to write a memoir of my story and also a sex positive story and just like mm -hmm. my experiences and everything. I honestly didn't expect it to be like as fast, I think, as it has been just because I wasn't expecting it. I was on a podcast actually, but this is back in the end of 2020. You know, at the, uh, I was on a podcast talking about how I, you know, I love erotic writing and I studied screenwriting and I, um, you know, really wanted to tell my story and write my own memoir one day sure. and an agent, a wonderful agent, she heard my podcast and she was, you know, she thought, wow, this is, this would be great. Why don't we talk? And she contacted me and she said, let's put a, like a pitch together to see like who would be interested because I think, you know, you really have a story to tell because mm -hmm. nobody has ever done what I've done in that way, gone from like being a Disney young <laughs> star to being a top porn star. I was going like, to say all these awards making yeah. more than I ever have That's like, awesome. and getting more respect and stuff. Hey, I became an author and getting like mainstream offers like now. That's so cool. That, that is amazing. I know I've noticed that it's like, you know, you see so many porn stars attempt to break into the mainstream, which, you know, to varying degrees of success and everything. But I think it's so cool that you came from the mainstream, from Disney, no less, and are like, you know, on top of the world. I think that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Somebody said the first year I was in, uh, in porn, I won crossover star of the year at the Expos Awards. And somebody said, uh, I think this is the first crossover the other way. It's been like this, you know, and it, it really is. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's been such a, an interesting and wonderful and just, it's an experience like I don't think anybody would expect with all the stereotypical mm -hmm. stuff out there about what the porn industry is. It's a fun sure. story. It's a fun thing. We have fun sets, a lot of wild people, but fun. <laughs> just keep saying yeah. that. 
No, well, I think that's great. I mean, it does seem like fun. I, I've read other like porn star memoirs, obviously, who don't have your story. Like you're saying, it, your story is very unique. But and sometimes like I read these and I've been like, oh, my God, that is like your experience is so disturbing and whatnot. So it, it's so great that, you know, it seems like you've had a pretty great experience, you know? Yeah. And I, I've been lucky because I definitely landed with the top people like right away. Uh, and I was able to, you know, pretty much pretty quickly off the bat, I got connected with Kate and Cross. It was at deeper.com through Vixen and she does fully scripted features. And it was something cool. that I had always thought, wow, that wouldn't that be cool to have a fully scripted feature. That's really, you know, great, greatly directed and, um, yeah. and I have full acting. And again, I thought that would be so hot and but plus all the hot sex. And so that fell into my lap, um, kind, kind of quickly, although I've got, it's not quick since I had this journey. It's been decades since, you know, one meets the world and leaving that and, and, you know, finding myself in Hollywood, finding myself rejected in Hollywood and then just finding myself, like my sexuality, who I wanted to be as a person. So that was a long journey. And I had, you know, started off tiptoeing into it when I started doing my own adult content privately, like for my fans. But once I landed in the mainstream of porn, like the big studio system, Mm -hmm. I really uh, fell into some great hands right away. That's so good. I'm so happy to hear that. People know you best from Boy Meets World. I am myself. I'm sure you've heard this about a thousand times lately, but I myself am a huge Boy Meets World fan. Uh, I loved your character, Rachel. She was great. She was feisty and she could really hit back with the guys because she was Eric, who is Ben Savage's character's older brother. And, and Jack's roommate, but you got your start on like soaps and you started acting when you're younger through classes. What kind of drew you to like acting and performing? I know you're from California, but yeah, I'm from California. I'm actually from Long Beach, which uh, it's, it's LA adjacent, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not really like LA. It's a different kind of world. I say in the book, uh, it's true. It's called Iowa by the sea. Cause of yeah, like, like that. It's not like part of the Hollywood scene, mm-hmm. but I always dreamed like I wanted to be an actress. Really, I was drawn to it since I was super young because I just loved being able to play different characters and not being judged for like, I don't know, emotions that I had. I was very shy about that kind of stuff. And I felt like I had to always be the good girl and always, you know, walk the straight and narrow and stuff. So when I was able to just, you know, act out and imagine different roles, I could really play different like facets of myself and really kind of get that out of there. So it's, it was very cathartic for me to do that all the way growing up. I took acting classes when I was growing up and did little right. plays and community stuff, but I never did it professionally until it had my braces came off. I was 15. Nice. By the time I got the soap opera, the bold and beautiful, which I got right away. It was my second audition and that kind wow. of, yeah, it was my second audition after Saved by the Bell, which I did not get. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I could have, that could have been my first. But, um, yeah, but it was really because I was in the acting class of a casting, the casting director for Bold and Beautiful. And I'd taken the class because I was such a soap opera fan. And oh, I, I, it was at this, L, we, we drove up to LA. My parents took me up to LA and stuff. I was like, yeah almost 16 or so, yeah, about then. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm going to take an acting class because I saw it in the little, you know, little advertisements that yeah. for soap was going to be teaching it. And I thought, oh wow, all the soap punks are going to be there and you know, it's going to be great. And then it was mostly like, mostly women in their thirties. Sure. <laughs> and I was, yeah, 16 barely, but it was still fun. And it was really exciting to like work with the casting director and do like scenes with actual actors and stuff. Yeah. And then at the end of the class, she asked me to audition for a new role that was coming up on Bold and Beautiful for a teen, kind of a teen summer star storyline. And I was like, oh my God. And it actually, it took a little while to do the auditioning process, but I got it. So it was my second audition, but I went on like four auditions. Sure. <laughs> And it's, you know, screen test and everything, which oh my was exciting. So when you look back on that, that time and everything and who I was as a person back then, and that was just an amazing experience to write for me. That's so cool. And like your parents were obviously supportive and everything and they weren't, weren't they weren't in the business or, or anything. No, my dad is a journalist, but oh, uh, nice. no, not in the business. No, not like that. I just, I wanted to just try it. I don't think anybody expected I'd get the bold and beautiful so fast like that. Sure. Yeah. All of a sudden I was like at school, I was, you know, 16 years old and stuff going. 
That's, That's so okay. cool. I was junior in high school and like, okay guys, I'm going to be on a soap <laughs> opera. And I wasn't yeah. like a popular girl. I wasn't like some cheerleader or anything. I was a, a drama nerd and I don't think anybody expected that. No, that's awesome. You're just like, okay, see you guys later. Bye. That's but I did awesome. this a couple times a week and then I okay. on the set. So I, I got I did, it. I could see that. How old were you when you got Boy Meets World? Can you tell us a little bit about how that process happened? Well, I guess I was 21. Yeah, right on the cusp. Because we had some wow. audition process before that. But yeah, right around that. And I got that because I auditioned for the show Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane that was on WB, not very long, but some of our start on it. Okay. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> but I was the other person auditioning against her. Ooh. The reason I got it for Boy Meets World is because the executive producer, Michael Jacobs, he and his team were doing this pilot. And so when I, they thought they wanted somebody a little more, I don't know, darker and quirky for the role. And I was light and <laughs> bubbling green, as they say, as they said, but Michael said, I want you on the show. We're going to give you a holding deal. We have a character in mind. And because they didn't put an audition process out for Rachel, like, Oh, um, okay. Yeah, interesting. Like there was a casting call. It was like, they said, no, we'd been thinking Eric and Jack need a girl around. Yeah. Totally. Time because I guess, you know, just to add that dynamic to it. And it was a great dynamic. Yeah. Great dynamic. Especially that first year that I was on, there was, it was a lot of fun dynamics, these boys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. Are you still close to any of the Boy Meets World actors? I would say we are like, I've heard from Will so much, really supporting oh, me. That's so nice. Nice. And I would say, you know, it's that kind of thing where you, it's high school. You don't really like see each other a lot, sure, you, know, totally. kind of, you know, but, oh, it was like, it was what really brought us to see each other again was when, uh, the spinoff of boy meets world, girl meets world came back. Right. Thrust together sort of again in the spotlight and also mm -hmm. in the press. And, and we all, I remember it was an interesting experience and I do talk about it where we went to the ATX television festival in Austin. And it, we were really like all together pretty much again. Yeah. It was just, it was so wild to like have played that role so long ago. And then all of a sudden people are asking you about it and wondering about it. Are you going to, yeah. what's going to happen with this show? And there was like so much buzz about it. So uh, yeah, definitely. I know that you kind of wrote in your book a little bit about this, like you're saying, and Danielle who played Topanka was kind of cold to you on the set of Girl Meets World. And she, I also read somewhere that she was this, acted the same exact way towards Trina, who played Angela. And I did not know that at the time. I didn't okay. know that at the time. But it was weird because when we were on the show, Boy Meets World, she didn't act that way. I was told the first day that she did, wouldn't like me because I was a girl coming onto the show. Right. And you're beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. Just that I would take away like some girl attention or something, sure, but of course. she didn't act like that at all. And I don't think she really thought that at the time. We kind of, I felt like we were pitted against each other, at least um, from what they said to me, you know, they were like trying to say some rivalry or something, but I don't know. Yeah. But it was, and I, she came to my wedding and it was, so when I came to the set, I hadn't seen her in a long time, but there was no beef or anything. Yeah. And then she was just very cold. Like she did, she didn't even like hug me. I don't think That's she wild. Hi, or just like, hi. And then bye. Like, yeah. and, okay. and I was there a couple of times, like just visiting, but it, cause it was like a reunion. The first time we went on girl meets world set for the, for the right. Pilot. So yeah, because I saw Will and Ryder there and we were, you know, Ben yeah. and everybody. But it was that was weird for me. That's so do you think like she would act this way again if you met her? I or? don't know. I think she wants to talk it out, definitely. Sure. And I plan to because I still do love her. I, I that's why yeah. I didn't understand it. Like I didn't understand this. But you're right. Trina spoke about it too. So I don't know. It was maybe it was a time in her life that Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just know that I know she's now married to that guy who had that weird. Did you ever see on Twitter with the Captain Crunch stuff? She's married to him. And I, it was like, first of all, there was this weird Captain Crunch thing. If you guys don't know what we're talking yeah. about. Cinnamon Toast just Crunch. Google. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yes. And it was like he found shrimps in it. And then it was like, not only that, but he's married to Topanga. It was <laughs> that like, was a weird thing. What? That was so weird. So weird. <laughs> I but, think it was weirder than me being in porn. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it was wild. That story was that sustained the internet for like a good few days, which is hard to do. Um, <laughs> and then, and then it completely died. And I don't think we've heard from him since. So <laughs> it's just like, 
sure. I don't know this at all, but I'm sure yeah. like, uh, what is an Nabisco? I'm sure they're kind of like, we're like, don't stop doing this. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. It's like, don't mess with the, yeah, General Mills. And I know that she does a podcast or has just started a podcast with Will and writer. Do you think, are you planning on going on the podcast or? Yes, I would love to go on the podcast. And yeah. I know Will has asked me to in the future. He talked to me and it was great. That's awesome. So yeah, so I think we really will talk it out, I hope. That's great. Well, I hope so too. And then I also love how you wrote in your memoir a little bit about like the savage parents, you know, uh, uh, and how they were really nice. Lou Savage was apparently great. Oh my gosh. Rest his soul. He died some oh. years back, but oh my gosh, he was, he was hysterical. So and funny. he was, yeah. And he would like come up to me and say, Hey, I thought I, he was worried that a new cat member was coming on and he thought, Oh no, what's it going to be like? Is this going to be like, you know, cause they had later on in the seasons, weird cast members or something, you know, sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. He was like, I'm so glad it's you. <laughs> and I remember Ben running up to me at the, um, but one of the couple tapings into it and saying, my dad's such a huge fan. And That's him so and Lou are like, so, uh, we're so alike. like, like yeah. they, they reacted just this kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can see it. energy and it was, it totally. was hilarious. That's and so he was always funny. on Joey Lawrence, not on him, but he was, <laughs> you know, Joey wears the tight shirts and he's like, sure. and he was just, he's got the tightest shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> Very much a dad. I love that. That's oh yeah. So funny. And they would be at the set, like all of them. It's really interesting. Oh, it's great. All the would be at the set like every wow. week. So. Wow. I feel like you don't even, you don't really hear of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of nice to hear about. And now Ben is running for WeHo City Council. I heard that. I'm like, <laughs> what? Is he, he's a politician now? <laughs> I know. So, I mean, good luck. Exciting. I, I feel like I don't I know much about it, but I just saw his picture and I was like, here, he's running. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, OK. It's just like, wow, the Boy Meets World cast is really doing things. I love it. I'd love to see it. Oh, it's not. I know in the podcast, they talked about some stuff about like bad, like not bad times they had on the show. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everybody was coming out. <laughs> yeah. Know? Doing some wild stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. You also write in your book about a moment when you were asked to model lingerie for a bunch of producers. And do you mind if we talk about that? I felt it was like it so like crazy, but I guess not very surprising. You know, I feel like there are probably thousands of stories like that too, and which is obviously not okay. And it's interesting to hear that that was like so normalized. And I haven't read Jeanette McCurdy's memoir that she recently put out as well, but I know that there were rumors about the guy who created that show and just like, just like, ugh, disgusting. Yeah, it was really weird. And like, they'd have an AD come up, like, take me to the offices to do this laundry. I mean, for the one that I wore the purple lingerie episode where I danced mm-hmm. around for the boys and like where they were ogling me and going through my underwear and reading yeah. my diary and like, yeah. you know, just like salivating over my ass as I just, right. I, I had so many lingerie trials. It was like, I don't know why it took that long to get the one. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think I know why it took that long. Like, well, we don't know if we have the perfect one. Right. <laughs> like, my and gosh. I didn't realize back then it was like, I just thought it was part of my job and that's what you do. Right. Exactly. You're young. You don't know. I mean, and you're just trying to please everyone, you know? So think about it at the time I thought, oh my God, I'm not sexy enough for them. I'm not, I'm going to be weird. I'm not going to look good enough or I'm, they're going to think I'm weird or, you know, not perfect or whatever. Um, so that was, that was really, that was stressful at the time, yeah. but it was, it wasn't that I was thinking, oh, they're doing something wrong to me. Cause I thought that was just the way things. It kind of, right. Yeah. Did you have any other like uncomfortable moments like that on, on the show or. It was weird that I was always like the one in some state of undress. And I would right. back on it. Like, uh, like I wore the, the student in the student union, when they put up the posters of me, like I had to do the photo shoot where it was, it was just a sheet on me. And yeah. And then they stole my pictures and put them up. Like it's, I didn't even find these pictures. They were ruffling through my drawer, wrestling through my drawers again, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. Like we get it. She's the sexy one. Yeah. I do. I also have like a vivid memory of you. It was like not a live like stream or something, but you were like in a towel or something. Yeah. I was always like in the towel. Right. Yeah. Always in a towel. I wanted to go and look in my bath and like, yeah, yeah. just like, Oh my God. I know. And they were always like, uh, but it was kind of a weird dynamic because I thought 
the, there was a lot of sexual innuendo in the first season of my first season. Yeah. Um, where Eric and Jack were always trying to peek on her and like, you know, but I thought that they did it in a little more innocent way than Corey and Sean did it because they sure. weren't even like vying for my love. Sort of right. Thing. Yeah. Like, they're just, just horn dogs. dogs. They were just horn dogs just wanting to watch me and wanting to come totally. to the apartment and go through my things and like, yeah. And then they were like, well, we're so cute. I mean, like, right. Like, we're just innocent. Mad at us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like you saw us grow up yeah. them for a while. The girls were that like, is so <laughs> again with the whole like oh boys will be boys kind of thing which is like oh gross and and also i think it's like interesting too that this was all on like abc this was all like disney sanctioned which is like just wild to me yeah right looking back it's really wild and but it was kind of subtle i mean i don't know if the audience even kind of recognized it at the sure. time i know we had the food fight episode and i didn't think yeah. anything of it but i had like my feet all over well <laughs> they had me do that yeah marinara sauce we were wrestling in marinara sauce yes and i was hitting him with baguettes and like that's so <laughs> like funny long baguettes <laughs> it was very yeah looking back somebody had a uh. foot fetish and a food thing right yeah and exactly and i didn't understand oh that's what that was <laughs> Like, okay, okay, now thinking back, got it, putting two to two together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was, and like, I guess in the Disney kind of aspect too, did you feel like a, a certain pressure to act a certain way off camera because you were on like a Disney ABC show and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a good girl? Right. That was the weird thing. They wanted me to be very chaste, very good and virginal off screen. Like, you couldn't do anything too sexy or say anything oh, too much or, but it was on screen it was fine like right. I, could, I could play around and it'd be cute and i could dance in my laundry but if i put, oh if i put laundry on for any photo or anything outside it would have been scandal and i would have been like you know ostracized from the place you know it's like yeah that's so that's so why it's just like okay yeah it's okay when they ask you to do it for their financial gain and whatnot and then if if you were to do it and have your own you know will in mind to do it then they're like no you can't do it yeah right it's just, oh my gosh. So, okay. So after Boy Meets World ended, what did you kind of do from, from there up until like when you started showing up at like doing cosplay, which I think is really cool and fun that you um, did that and everything. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence every inch stitch sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection that's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com. 
to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Yeah, I never understood. I never knew that I could have like a career in that. And it wasn't possible without, well, before the social media boom, you know, especially Instagram. Right. Yeah. And And before Girl Meets World really premiered, sure. The attention back on our social media and stuff. I didn't know that I could go to Comic Cons. It wasn't as big of a thing. I mean, of course, there were cosplayers and stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah. I could get my message out there as much as when my, my social media really started blowing up. So then I could do stuff that I really wanted to do and dress up and have fun. But I don't know. I just didn't, I thought it might, it was just for fun that I could do this. But then, you know, I got approached by a photographer saying, Hey, may the fourth be with you is coming up, which is the star Wars holiday. And he was like, why don't you dress up? I have an, I have authentic slate Leia costume wow. and a lot of different costumes too. Mm-hmm. So that really started everything. And I did the, may the fourth be with you shoot and it blew up everywhere. And I was like, wow, yeah. like my cosplay. So I started doing more and, and people were really engaging and my social media was growing. And I, and, and, but that partly, cause I was doing these sexy cosplays and having fun and being out there that mm-hmm. really started to hurt the relationship between, uh, Michael Jacobs and Disney oh, and stuff, because that was, cause people are saying, Oh, did you not, or you're not on girl meets world because of porn. And I was like, this is long before I did any porn. I was doing sexy photos like that. I was getting press and attention from that kind of thing. I was doing, you know, funny setups and and bikini photos and and just having fun because at that point I was like, you know what? I don't even give any fucks anymore. I am going to (laughs) just, and and if people come, you know, join me on and having the fun and join social media and stuff with me, then, you know, that'll, that'll be great. If not, I'll just keep doing my thing because I wasn't, I was tired of, pleasing Disney and Hollywood yeah. who hadn't done anything for me. They just, just wanted to keep me in the box. Right. Of course. Yeah. Just on hand, maybe if they can use you, but otherwise it's like, we're not going to. Yeah, totally. Do you have any like favorite cosplays you've done? Any you'd like to do in the future? Are you still like into that? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, the Comic-Cons, you know, they're just, well, they are really coming back now, but I, you know, during the pandemic and everything, there wasn't mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, no, I would love to do some cosplays in the future. I'm thinking, I don't know what to do exactly, but what's my favorite? Of course, I love the Slave Layer originally. Yeah. I loved doing, oh, Lilu was fun. Jessica Six from um, Logan's Run was fun. It was like the sheer outfit. Uh, if you know the, the film and stuff. But I, that's the one I got kicked out of Comic-Con for. Oh, God. It was like, oh, we can see a little... <laughs> well, excuse me. Yeah, we can see a nipple. Oh, my God. Hide the children. Yeah. I know. Yeah, everyone's playing violent video games in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. But um, that was really fun. Those days were really fun because it felt like I was just going out there and, um, the photographers were taking, you know, my photos and stuff Mm -hmm. in these costumes that I loved. And it was finally the first time I was getting attention for something that I solely was wanting to do. And I had control over and that control. Yeah. I finally had like my own business and I had my own, you know, thing. (laughs) And that led me into my own content stuff. Definitely. And you, I know, obviously you like, like you were saying, you work with like literally the best studios and everything. It's like just really high budget and everything. And, and I don't want to be insulting to like other porn studios, but I feel like, and I don't know if there's still, I mean, obviously there are still people who do the, um, like the parodies and stuff like that. Would you ever be down to do a parody, like a porn parody? Well, I would like to do like a really cool cosplay movie. I don't know if a parody, like something like fun. Like yeah. Or- I don't know if that's totally parody, but like, you know, where I get to dress up in a costume and just, you know, fight crime and have, yeah, I know what you mean about the silly, silly ones. Yeah. The The silly silly ones. I know. Yeah. I do talk a little bit about that where I think a lot of people have the misconception that that's all that porn is because that kind of porn is so popularized and so out there and in the, you know, in your face all the time. And that's in in your face, but um, (laughs) yeah, literally, but, um, so I think people have the misconception, oh, that nobody can act in porn. There's no features that are good. Mm-hmm. There's no scripts, no filming. And I, you know, I didn't know that there was the, the kind of features that we do. And there really sure. hadn't been a lot. I mean, there are certain high-end studios that do that kind of thing. And those are the ones like that go to the Avian Awards and like all the, the stuff. And they, they're kind of, 
I don't know. It's kind of like the the circle of people who want to make really great films. And then there's yeah. others that just want to do like one-off scenes and they're just so right. like, there's no thought. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, the bang bros or whatever, like just do the scene really quick and we'll make a million dollars kind of stuff. People will be surprised and not including the sex. Sometimes were there like 14, 15 hours That's doing wild. dialogue? It's like the sex will be like an hour. Just yeah. yeah. And, and you're just, oh my like, God. The rest is filming direction. Yeah. We, and also, wow. yeah. In porn though, we do have a, a tighter time frame. Like as opposed oh, sure. to like a huge film that would have months to do something. But, right. but still, we're, we work really long hours. That's crazy. And is it like these scripts you're talking about, like they're like legitimately like fully scripted movies. That's so, and how long are the movies usually? Well, the, when you include the sexy, like the dialogue stuff, I think would be the size of a regular film, like a, you know, an hour and a half, something, yeah. whatever, two hours. But there's a lot of sex scenes that are like 45 minutes each. Sure. So, so oh, they're usually it. broken up into episodes on, um, you don't play like the whole thing at once. Like right now we have one that's out, uh, called drift and I'm, it's, it's kind of my metaphor, like story. It's a metaphor cool. to my, more artistic and not. So I yeah. mean, I play a little more devious person and, sure. I, and it's, yeah, it's a metaphor. It's interesting because we, yeah, we bring up the five episodes. Each week has an episode and they have sex scene in it. And so, yeah, some of them, I think they can be like five, six hours. Like, you know, wow. if you think about all the, you know, 45 minute sex scenes. Sure. Yeah, totally. And is there, I guess, for the people who do kind of these like higher end movies, are they usually like from like the people that do like the bang bros and stuff like that? Are they the same people or are they? They're, yeah, they're, we have our own crews at like Vixen and Deeper that, um, so, um, some of the people come from mainstream and they, they oh, cool. like, are you know, cinematographer and stuff. And wow. they do mainstream stuff. They just, they, they use different names. Sure. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm like, like here, there are a couple, there are a couple people that do use their own name, but, and I wish, I wish more people could, cause it, it feels like, oh, it's, but I know it's taboo for them out there. So they, it's hard to That's too bad. later on, I guess, get normal jobs or whatever. Oh, that's stupid, what, uh, but- yeah, okay. that sucks. And I hope that's changing. I hope even me saying, hey, I'm here. Yeah, yeah I think you're really a trailblazer. I think that's so cool. That is so cool. So where can we find like your your movies? On deeper.com, most okay. of them. But it's not also Vixen. Vixen is the one that owns all the brands. Like it's okay, so it has different brands. So I'm on, I'm on their different brands, but deeper is what I'm contracted with. I'm like the face of the brand, oh, nice. which is there. They brought it on because it's Kate and cross has been brilliant at like mm-hmm. making films before this. And she was really a trailblazer in features that are, you know, cool. fully, fully scripted, like yeah. features. And, um, so they brought that brand on to be kind of like, I don't know, like the, the more award contender one, the yeah, more like prestige, like yeah, a little bit more like a scripted full length, yeah. that really deep film realm. So I think that's so cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Um, and I guess, so sorry to go back to kind of the cosplay thing you were doing cosplay and it was like getting like, like maybe a little racier and whatnot. Um, and then what made you kind of decide, you know, I want to, I want to try porn. Like I want to, you know, not just do racy, sexy. Honestly, I was getting kicked off of like Instagram and Snapchat for some pictures like, oh, it's kind of a shadow. Like you were saying of their nipple or whatever. God forbid. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, and also people were complaining a lot and so they don't always check. They just like, if they get a bunch of complaints, you know, so people know she's, you know, tarnishing the image of the show. And um, yeah. yeah. So I, my fans were like, why don't you start doing content and I didn't know what content was this was back at the beginning mm. of 2018 and I was kind of like mm, I don't know I don't know if anybody's gonna like buy regular content from me every month just to see like my boobs or whatever <laughs> like oh, oh. Uh, I was gonna be doing like playboy-esque type photos sure. like the sexier cosplay and stuff and but then I started a patreon account on a, nice. whim, on a whim I just thought and I didn't mention it to anyone and then overnight um when I didn't mention it overnight, when I woke up in the morning, there was like 20 people subscribed wow. and I was like, wow, Oh my gosh, well, maybe I should mention it. So yeah, like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they found me, but, um, <laughs> as anyway, so I, by the end of the week, I had like 2,800 members. Oh, wow. So, yeah. From anywhere from 15 to $300 a month. 
to get nice. and stuff. So Damn. It, yeah, it was, it was really overnight. I was like, wait a minute. That was the really overnight thing kind of, because I was, yeah. I didn't expect that. But then I spent, like, I kind of tiptoed along the way too. I, Cause I was really interested in erotic writing and I was cool. you know, having my own kind of sexual fantasies and, and had, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to try things sexually. Maybe I hadn't done or, um, and so I kind of tiptoed along the way with, with that. I started doing some girl, girl stuff, food, mm-hmm. slumber parties, and then, you know, getting set raised yeah. sexier and along the way. And then eventually I mean, you know, made the decision to do guys, but we picked to me, my husband, actually, my husband was very instrumental in that's awesome. knowing, and knowing that I really wanted to do this and needed to do it. Right. But it, it's in a very like controlled way, I guess, because you're in this kind of safe space, so to speak. And you're, you're yeah. able to play out all of this stuff and play out all of these fantasies. And then at the end you pack up, Oh, nice to see yeah. you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's cool. And there's no, like, like if you, I was doing some of that on my own or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or a lot of that on my own, it wouldn't be the same kind of thing. Cause there's emotions involved and some stuff. So I feel like for us, this was a great way for me to play that out. I think that's awesome. And I picked two great guys who actually were porn pros for like 10 years plus. And so I did that for months and months, just doing, you know, playing it out. And they really taught me a lot about like the industry and stuff. So when oh, nice. I work with them, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, professional porn companies want to talk to me. What am I going to do? Yeah. I, was like, I wanted to do a big production and I thought, okay, you know, and I first did a scene with Vixen and then that scene blew up big time. Because people, it was just word of mouth at the time, though. It wasn't like a big press event, the first one I did with Vixen. Okay. It was more the internet kind of found out, like, or the, right. the people that knew me and the people that were into that kind of world found is, out. Is this the one where you beat the Bernie Sanders heart attack? This is my scene for Black, the first one I did. Got it. Got it. On that day that it came out, it was it literally like the internet sh- or their sites shut down. Yeah. That's awesome. That Listen, that is a really cool distinction to have. But that same day, Caden Cross for Deeper, she was doing her first feature film and the very first scene of it. And she was on deadline and she lost her co-star, like her co-actress on it. And so she thought she was going to have to, you know, not she had to she was on deadline. It's hard to find somebody who had a lot of lines and handle the script and stuff. Right. Monday morning, she went to Vixen and was like, I don't know if we can do this. Uh, And they said, why don't you talk to Maitland? She just blew up over the weekend (laughs) and she's an actress. That's so crazy. Wow. And, and you're like a pro, obviously like you've done freaking. I, I can only assume that like, you know, doing, well, doing sitcoms is a lot of reading, but also doing all, I don't watch soaps, but I've, I know people who do. And it's just like everything, there's like, everything happens on a soap and it's always, there's always episodes coming out. Always. I was saying another thing about the soaps is, uh, we do a lot of sex scene stuff, but it doesn't oh. go all the way, but it's still love in the afternoon, you know? So it's, it's kind of, that's so, so funny. The lines, a lot of kissing scenes, which is, yeah. Make it actually lingerie. Oh. We never had to try on lingerie for the bold and beautiful. Oh, well, I yeah. mean, okay. wardrobe woman, but not for the producer, but not for the, like the 20 producers in the no, room. No, no, right. no. Of course. Oh my God. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not really a soap fan, but I respect that. And I, I think that's cool. And, um, would you ever do like, if they ever did like a porn soap, would you be into that? Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I think, I think we we do kind of do those, you know, serial kind of a lot of times too. Cause I, you know, so I, I think it's all kind of soap like, but it would be kind of cool. I think it would be great to have like an ongoing storyline all the time. Like for characters for maybe not every day, but like, every week have something that's, you know, like a, like Some the nighttime soap seems to be like, we're oh, sure. every week. like Dallas and dynasty and where it's like, woo, like a lot of drama. I love drama. So yeah, <laughs> I love watching drama. Yeah. And then what were your reactions to your transition from mainstream to adult from like the boy meets world fans, I guess. Trina was really supportive and actually saw Will not after that, when it had come out, I went to Comic-Con and I, he was there signing, not for, I think for Batman series. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, it was it was a great reunion. And he was very supportive of me then and said he just wants me to be happy. That's awesome. But I hadn't heard from anybody else, really. I mean, they hadn't really? come out against me, but it was like, right. we don't want to talk. I think it was more like the feeling of, I don't know if we want to talk to this yes. person. They, or they didn't know what to say. Because I, I guess, think there's some but... people who think that they should be embarrassed to talk about it. Like, they, or I'll, they'll embarrass me or it'll be uncomfortable. Oh, and I, was okay. like, I wish people would just talk about it. It's not, it's not uncomfortable or embarrassing. Right. Because it's, yeah. So I don't know. I had, uh, oh, I had one producer who actually was not there. He had worked earlier years of Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't there during my seasons, um, but he actually came out and said he hopes I'm happy because I had known him That's years great. later. So, and then, you know, some people behind the scenes definitely, you know, were very supportive. That's great. But like, I never have ever heard from Michael Jacobs, even though I know, I just feel the, the vibes that were there on Girl Meets World. And oh, like, God. like along the way, I mean, I can feel that narrative go in things that he's, you know, said through other people. Okay. Well, like who is Michael Jacobs? No offense, but like, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, literally, I don't, you could throw a rock at any guy and, if, and if, I wouldn't know him from anyone else. He always treated us, you know, very much like his kids and in and, and a family. <sighs> No, you know, sometimes families are difficult or, you know, they don't, but we were very much like that. And sometimes father daughter's relationships can be tough mm-hmm. and have, you know, strain and the dad doesn't agree with what you do or the, you know, you know, the daughter has to forge her own way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the way about this, the icing out, that's the, that's yeah. the just like with Danielle, that was the thing. It's like, if you want to just tell me, you know, I don't like what you do. Okay. But you know, I still care about you as a human being right (laughs) right and just like the abrupt not speaking like that's that's so like immature and just I don't know it's just just like okay get over yourself I don't know and were the fans from Boy Meets World were they supportive for the most part overall though when I had all of that press and I came out you know as this porn star I was very proud of it and I I was told by everyone in mainstream that I knew that was you know still talking to me or people that I had known Mm -hmm. in Hollywood and anybody in porn they all agreed do not tell the press because they'll ruin you but I was like, I don't know. I really believe that I think this is something more, this is something special that's different than anything else. Cause it was this full feature. I mean, the trailer was fantastic. And I was just, I wanted to show people my acting again too. And, and how, you know, we really could do this kind of project. And so I did, and I was so fortunate that I, I knew a reporter who just she was really positive about the piece and, and it carried from there. Like she was the title, my authentic journey, make, congratulating me. And, and so, so there was a lot of shock headlines and stuff, but there right. was nothing really demeaning or degrading. It was more Good. like, wow, this is fun. Let's talk about this. Yeah, definitely. I totally get along with that, play along with that and stuff. And it's fun. And, and also I really believe that if you're proud of something and you don't have any shame or carry that shame, what are they going to do to you? Really? I mean, maybe ice you out, but like, yeah. are they gonna say, you can't be happy or you can't have no shame on this. Right. But honestly, like, I think it was like more of like, people didn't come against me mm-hmm. for the most part. Like they didn't come out and like, just tear me down or anything. I, but I, but certain people in Hollywood, especially at first were, um, just, yeah, I don't want to talk to her. I'm, I'm giving looks places and like, I, yeah, I like walked down the street and Elizabeth Berkeley really like, she like doubles and glared and she whispered to her man. And I was like, Elizabeth Berkeley who did showgirls. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, even I was too shocking for her. Wow. That was right after the news came out. But the odd thing is, I don't know if it's odd, but it's a cool thing. As I'll say along the way, more and more people have been warming up to it. Like oh, they good. want to know more and they're now feeling like, wait a minute, like we can, I've been, we've been so curious about things like what happens in porn and who are these people and, and what is behind the scenes and everything. So, uh, that's why I was saying at the beginning, I've gotten more respect and more, you know, people saying, wait, she really did take her own career, you know, by the, the way she wanted. Yeah. 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 And then when I started winning like a lot of awards for mm-hmm. stuff that I did and, and you know, blowing up with OnlyFans and, and doing yeah. that, just all the stuff that I really wanted to do and making a successful business out of it. I think they had so much more respect because I think at the beginning, totally. they were like, just hear the, you hear headlines and they're like, wait, is she crazy? Is she on drugs? Is she like, 
what's right. like what's, what's going, going on, on? Yeah, yeah totally when they, when they see me along the way you know being happy and yeah success. And doing what you want to do. I think that's awesome. Do you think there'll be other like mainstream actresses who've seen your success and will be like, yeah, maybe, you know, you know what? I hope there would be. And I think yeah. more that the taboos are lifted, I guess. And people can see that it's, it's not crazy. It's and there is, it's very normal. Cause I think really like younger generations like you and other, um, really I'm feeling it a lot from women who are in their twenties and thirties and stuff. There's so much more yeah. open to it. Cause sure. you know, they grew up with it on the internet and it's not yeah. such a, like, like you get older people who are a lot of people in charge in Hollywood still mm-hmm. saying, and they, they think, oh my God, back when they were young, they had to get like, go to the little behind the curtain. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or yeah. And be hidden in there. It was like this, this totally taboo thing to do. Right. Right. Well, before that they had to steal a tape or whatever and, you know, sneak to watch it somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was much more, it felt, yeah, it felt more dirtier or something. People really enjoy it because everybody, most everyone watches porn. Right, exactly. Don't understand why people act like they don't. <laughs> and then they well, I know great it. They need to like step away from it. I think them putting it down and putting, you know, these porn performers and actors in their place over there, it makes it them feel not as dirty because there's such stigmas, especially That's... in this country. Well in other countries too, but especially no. you know a lot here. Well, I mean, the number of like evangelical people who always have these like crazy sex scandals. It's like, well, you know, oh, I know they're like doing the really <laughs> stuff. I mean, like, exactly. yeah. And then yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, OK, yeah. Well, and I also think it's really cool that you're not like I freshly turned 18. Not that that's a bad thing or anything, but that you're like mature enough to make these decisions and to be comfortable with that. I think that's really cool. That's true. And I think I think that was a big difference in it, too. People were like, well, she's. 40 and over. Like, I mean, what, what are we going to say to her now? I mean, she's making these decisions and stuff, but I couldn't have done it at 18. I could never have done it at 21. I couldn't have done it at 25. I really had to take, you know, stock who I am and who I was becoming like sexually and then finding more freedom in that. There are girls who are ready though. There are girls that do come into the industry ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's great that they are. And they make a lot of money and they save it. A lot of girls go to college and, and that's have great careers later. Yeah. That, the one unfortunate thing is like that they're, they're, you know, they're looked badly upon by society, especially right. like their hometowns or something where they came from. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing that, uh, that hurts them. And I, people say, oh, the adult industry ruins people, but a lot of times it's a safe haven for people who might feel, other than, or they want to do something different. And they, so they kind of, they find that safe haven in porn yeah. and then we go back to, I don't know, hometown America or wherever. Uh, right. There's evangelicals and like people that are just judgmental of everything. Then they feel like that, that turns bad. Like, yeah, it's like hard by society. Which, which sucks. And you know, I mean, I, that makes, that makes me sad. And I, I mean, there's nothing I can really say other than it's just unfortunate that we live in such like extremes in that way. And it's like, you're like, you're saying like, we're okay doing it by ourselves or, you know, just like watching it when no one else is looking, but then we have to act a certain way when it's, you know, the whole world is watching. So do you want to like direct and write now that you've done on, uh, on camera, like maybe some behind the camera. You know what? Yes, I have been, you know, it's funny, Kate, and she's really encouraging me to do that. I ha- did write a couple of scenes that will be coming cool. out a little bit later in the year, I guess. Ooh. I don't know exactly when, but yeah, we did them already. And Ooh, so that was fun to write and like co-direct them. And yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be doing more of that, uh, coming up. Uh, cause I love writing the scenes. Of course I was like, always, I wasn't really sure about directing cause writing and acting is more my thing, but mm-hmm. you know, she's really encouraged me and I've seen a lot on the sets and I'm saying, well, maybe I could do this and I could, I, I know what I want from a scene and I, you know, and it was neat writing something and like having say over how it was set up and done yeah. and stuff. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really so that, cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I think you could definitely do it. And, and again, it's like encouraging other people on camera and whatnot, which I think is awesome and needs to be done. And, and it's cool that women are, uh, you know, in charge of, cause we see so many, you know, directors and writers in Hollywood that are just like, you know, dudes. So, Oh, I know. It's amazing how these like influential women in porn are the ones who, 
have the studios like mm-hmm. they give them, you know all the funding and they win the awards and it's That's so it's cool really amazing yeah it's like it really flips like the dynamic from hollywood and then selfishly i would love to know your skincare routine because you have amazing skin you know it's so funny so oh, thank you that i appreciate that very much honestly i'm trying to be more minimalist i do have a little retinol that i do like but if i do it too much i get peely i get very sensitive same skin but i'd say i like to use vitamin c oil okay. and i like to um like you know what I, I you know what i use at night it's the most simple thing ever and it really helps my skin because i do have i have a little eczema sometimes you know i get dry little yeah, patches same but yeah so vanny cream it's like seven dollars oh, wow as, as thick as anything it goes like all over your face so just put a thick old layer just put, on that face. okay yeah well it seems to be working so okay it's really white and like cream like and oh stuff so, and i, and I try so to use a very gentle wash but but I do like using some oils and stuff just to keep my skin replenished. I couldn't, when I was younger, I, I would break out. Oh, sure. As I've gotten older, I've been much more pleased that I have had better skin. The breakouts stopped. For that's, those. that's good. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, great. Well, well thank, thank you for that. Thank you for indulging me. Oh, very dewy skin. I like literally just took a shower, but um, thank you. You're very kind. So we can find your book rated X, how porn liberated me from Hollywood on Amazon. Uh, like all major retailers. Yes. All major retailers out now. Great. And also we can find your work at on Vixen. Vixen.com and deeper.com and deeper.com. Great. And you're also on OnlyFans. Yeah. I am big OnlyFans. Yes. Great. I'm one of them. Yes. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much to Malin Ward. You've been an amazing guest and thank you to our producer, Devin Ronaldo. We'll be back with another episode of Ringer Dish soon. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.